Nelia Hutt. I'm a purpose and impact coach. What inspired you to help others? So my story begins about 2005. My father passed away um, after a short stint with cancer. He had a rare form of liver cancer. And I was pregnant at the time. I was about four months pregnant. And the day that my father passed away, I was surprised, I guess, at how short life is. People say that all the time. But when you actually see somebody um, pass away in front of you, it changes that and makes it not so much a cliche, but real. And I decided that day that I was going to try to live my life differently because, you know, I was looking at him and one moment he was here and then another moment he wasn't. And it was just so quick. I'm like, what does that mean? Is his life like life is just over? Like, that's it? You know, what are we going to talk about? How, what are people going to say about him? And it made me really think about that. However, um, I got stuck in my grief for 12 years and I couldn't move on. I was helping to take care of everybody else, my mom, my brother, um, extended family. But I thought if I could hide it, hide the pain that I was in, um, it would go away. And so I tried to hide it. I had my first and only child six months later. Um, I, for the next 12 years, Michael, I'm not going to lie, I hate to admit it, but for 12 years, I suppressed my feelings of um, grief. And so I kind of paused my life. I didn't really move forward. I was so very happy um, that I had a child. I'd been waiting for him for 10 years. And finally, here he is. But the timing, it was just messed up. So that's how all of this started. And after those 12 years that I was stuck, um, my son, at, he was six um, during that time. And it started off actually when he was six, so about six years into my journey. And he wanted to give back. He said, mom, do the homeless people, um, do they go to birthday parties? Do they get presents? Because he had just come from a birthday party. And I said, well, sadly, I said, I don't think they really celebrate their birthdays very much. Or if they do, they don't really get gifts and parties, I don't think. So he said the next morning, we were going to go do that. We were going to go and give these people gifts. And I said, well, I don't know. What do you want to give them, you know? And he was kind of like, well, it's maybe some balls or some toys. And I'm like, well, do you think they'd want some food maybe, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and uh, so we did that and we've been doing it. This is our 11th year. He's now 17. And it's amazing because children don't see obstacles. You know, they just see, here's a need. Let's do it. It's adults. When we get older, we're like, no, well, what are we going to do about this? And what are we going to do about that? And I remember I was very anxious and I was very depressed during that time. And I had some elements of PTSD through this journey. And that day when we went out, I did not want to go. It was minus 30. Um, I don't know. I'm just north of Toronto. It was so cold. It was the end of November. And here he is trying to wake me up at 6 a.m. Plus, when you're depressed, you don't want to get up. You don't have energy. You just I was having a hard time functioning. But he dragged me out of bed and I didn't want him to think that he couldn't come with to me with these wonderful ideas. And as soon as the day was over and I had this first experience, it started to change me. It started to open my eyes as to what's possible. And I didn't have a lot of money to give, 
But I realized that day that giving can be free and kindness is free. And so that's really how it all started was with my son. How does it feel for you for helping people? You know, I have a very hard time describing it because nothing makes me feel like that. Nothing has ever, like I've had a marriage, I've had a beautiful family, I've had celebrations, I've had a child, I've had lots of things, but nothing makes me feel what I can describe. I don't know. There's no word in the English language that I have found yet, but it's like this fuzzy feeling that I get. I just feel the sense of gratitude. I feel um, like I'm here for a reason. Like I found my meaning, my purpose. It just feels so special when I connect with other human beings on that level. And so I started a business three, four years ago, and it's all about giving back. And But that's all where it came from, because I want people to know that loneliness is rampant. It's everywhere. And during my experience, I was very lonely, even though I had millions of people around me and lots of love and friends. I didn't feel like anybody understood how I felt, um, partly because I didn't want to talk about it. And I don't know, I just felt like I was waiting around for somebody to come and save me. Like miraculously, somebody was going to see all the hurt and all the pain that I was in and do something about it. But nobody can do it. I have to do it. And so I started giving back more and more. And it completely changed my life. I'm a completely new, different person. I don't want to go back to where I was, you know, and it, it's incredible. It's incredible. The journey that I've had since then. Yeah, speaking of your journey, I see behind you uh, the ukulele project. Can you tell me about that? Yes, absolutely. So my my uh, dad was a musician. My son was a professional musician, started at the age of 12. And I play a little bit, but not too much. I used to be a recording engineer, so I'm more on the sound side of things. My husband plays music. And so we were all very passionate about that. And I wanted to do something um, in a developing country, and I didn't know what. Like many people, we all think we don't have any skills. We don't have any, you know, anything to share, right? Unless you're rich and you can cure hunger, like it's nothing we could do. And we decided, well, hold on a second, you know. Uh, one thing that saved me during that time, um, in addition to my son, that story I shared with you was music. So whether I was really sad or whether I was angry and I wanted to listen to a certain type of music, um, it's the only way I could I could really scream, cry, like all of those things. I couldn't really talk. So music kind of saved my life. So we decided as a family pre-COVID, uh, that we would get some uh, donations for ukuleles and we would bring music to Guatemala. So what we did was we brought over some ukuleles, visited some schools and underprivileged children, and we shared music with them. Um, you know, we know that we couldn't save them from poverty. We knew that we couldn't really help with um, medical things because we're not trained that way. But I knew music and we all played music and it was something that I connected with and so did my father. So I thought, well, why don't we help their mental health, give them a place to put their feelings, you know, let them dream a little bit, let them see beyond 
going to work in the fields and then going to school, going home and working again as young children. So yeah, the ukulele project actually has blown up. We've done it three times now, twice in Guatemala, once in Costa Rica. We're going back again next early next year. And it's become so much more than that. It's become a movement now. Um, I've invited people to come with me and they've contributed their own skills and passions. And it's just become, I live for that now. Like it's just become amazing. So many great things have come from that food and shelter, a uh, new roof for families. It's just, it's never ending once you get started. The music's such an emotional medium. Oh yeah. It just, it moves me like nothing else. You know, I'm going to tell you a little story. When I was in high school, I was riding on the subway and I used to uh, read these books, you know, and self-help books, even as a teenager. And I didn't want nobody to see what I was reading. So back in the day, I'm not going to age myself, but we used to put cover on the back of the books, like a paper, like a wrapping paper in school. So I'd be on the subway reading and nobody could tell I was reading The Broken Girl or I was reading, you know, Child of Alcoholic Parent or whatever it was. And um, it's funny because now I don't care what people see me reading, you know. But back then was that when I was ashamed of all my mental illness and my things that I was struggling with, uh, music was always a savior for me. Always, no matter what. It's an international language. You don't have to understand the words that are being said. It's the emotion, you know? So I think it's um, it's a healing instrument for a lot of people. Absolutely. I know I had the honor of being a guest on your podcast. And thank you for that. Yes. How does the podcast help your own mental health? Okay, so my podcast is called Giving Starts With You. And again, when I go back to my story, one thing I was not doing during that time of suffering was taking care of myself. And I grew up in a home where we always were very giving, but it, we weren't taught how to look after ourselves. It was sort of like, you do for others, you keep busy, you move on, you go to school, you help your mom clean the house, you know, immigrant families, very strict. And uh, I decided three years ago, I was going to start this podcast so I could teach people that unless they take care of themselves, they're going to be burnt out and they can't help other people. And then there's nowhere to go from there. Right. So I've learned so much from my guests. I have learned from their journeys, including yours. I loved our, our podcast together. I can't wait for it to air. It's going to be airing soon. And, um, just to see where people come from and where they are. And everything, I learned so much from every single guest about their strategies, about their tools. But the most important thing that I get from my own show and the most important thing I hope my audience gets is even if the story doesn't resonate with you completely, the story that's being told on the podcast, one thing that's always the same is you feel less lonely. So I want people to feel like even if their story isn't exactly the same, that everybody can take something from somebody else's journey and feel less alone. Um, so that's really the goal of the podcast. The mission is just to have people listen, um, know that they can share, try to get something from the guests that are on that will help them through their own pain. 
and I I learn every time I do an episode every single I've interviewed over 200 people now and I don't think there's been one conversation um that hasn't helped me in some way and made me think maybe a little differently or opened my eyes to something that maybe I was you know fearful to look at right yeah and I uh, wrote a book about my journey if anybody does want to list you know read anything about uh, how I did get over not over but how I managed my grief and my anxiety and depression and how the whole project started um, and learn a little bit about my wonderful father who um, really taught me a lot of lessons just before he passed away and maybe it will let people know that um, it's okay if you don't have all the answers but to talk about it is really important so if it's okay can I just share the name of my book yeah yeah please so this is the book here. It's called Giving My Heart Room to Breathe, A Journey Through Grief, Healing, and Giving. Um, it's on Amazon. It was just written. It's it's full of the feels, you know. It's sad. It's happy. It's all the things. And um, yeah, it took me 15 years to write it after my father passed away. Um, in the end, it took me six months to just get it out. But I started writing it right after he passed away and it wasn't meant to be a book. It was just, I tried journaling because I heard it was something you could do to help your feelings. And then he died on Christmas. So every Christmas when everybody went home, I would take it out and write a couple of lines. And then I was overcome with emotion. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And that's why it took me so long. So I think the first, you know, 14 years I wrote just a little bit, <laughs> but uh <laughs> But yeah, so it was a it was it was something else. I don't think I've ever been through something like that. We all lose somebody, um, but it was the deterioration of life um, toward the end that really um, I think affected me very much. Um, yeah, and so I made a promise to myself that day that I would try to make my life, you know, leave a legacy and make my life worth something more than just what I did as a job or just what I had in material things. I really wanted to teach my child who was going to be born, you know, six months later um, to have a good life. And so that's what I do now. I try to help people um, find meaning beyond what we all think is important. And it's really not at the end of our life. Yeah. How are you feeling now? I feel happy I ha I wasn't happy for a long time and I couldn't figure it out because I felt guilty because I'm like I've got a wonderful husband I've been married 27 years my family's amazing I have everything that I would want you know I don't I have food I have everything that I need but I just felt like I didn't belong anywhere and I don't know connecting with people and starting these projects really makes me feel like I have a reason to be here I don't know how to explain that. It's like I said, like I'm getting goosebumps already just talking about it. When I act, when in the act of kindness and the act of giving, it just makes me want to wake up the next day and have something to look forward to. You know, I was getting really stuck, you know, going to work, coming home, taking care of the family, watching TV, and then doing it all over again. And I now have a reason, like I have purpose, I'm happy. I do still have anxiety and depression. It doesn't go away, um, but I do manage it a lot better. And uh, when I'm feeling that way, I kind of go out and I just 
do something like I act of kindness or something and it helps um I don't know yeah I feel really grateful I feel lucky to be in the position that I'm in with my show that I can reach people and I can teach people um through my experience you know and what I've done so I feel I feel good I feel like it's my duty to to help people through what I went through you know it's for a reason where do you want to see your mission in the next uh, few years? Okay. Nobody's ever asked me that question. And I'm so happy that you asked. So I want to source out good quality wood out in um, Central America and mostly Guatemala, but Central America. And I want to teach these young adults how to build their own ukulele, proper ukuleles. And I want to get the younger children to paint them and have a story, write a story behind each one and have really good quality instruments. And I want them to be able to learn a skill, earn a wage that's not where they're in the um, the fields and have both the older children, the teenagers and young adults and the younger children actually earn money for their community. Be able to sell these things online to, um, you know, and I just, I think it would really have their community thrive to be able to keep all the profits. And I think if people really know where they're coming from and how they're being made, I think it's going to really take off. And that's, that's what I really want, you know, with the ukulele project, for sure. I want it to grow. I want it to grow and become this thing, you know, where um, it's a worldwide name and it can really help kids. And I want kids to start to dream and be able to um, get out of maybe the economical situation that they're in right now, even if it's just a little bit. How can people reach out and learn more? Yeah, so I actually created um, a blueprint. It goes through seven um, key areas of your life just to see how, you know, because a lot of people think that they're happy and they're satisfied or maybe you don't feel like you're happy or satisfied in your life and you're looking for more meaning and things like that. So I created this blueprint. It's um, www.travellivegive.com slash blueprint. And it goes through, um, there's a checklist and the checklist includes mental health, relationships, hobbies and interests, career and job satisfaction, life satisfaction, self-care, giving to yourself and giving to other people. And it's sort of like a yes, no checklist. And by the end of it, it's sort of like you've taken inventory of how your life is going and how far it is or how close it is to what you really want. So I would love for people to download it and um, they can, you know, email me at hello at neliahut.com. And basically what I'm trying to do, I just came back actually yesterday from Wyoming um, doing a workshop and it's a giving back bucket list workshop because I want people to know that your bucket list should include you and somebody you want to impact. It's a life is not just about us. It's about what we do while we're here. And I really just want to help people live better through their own passion project. So I want to know what people like to do and I can help them create their own movement. You know, that's what I'm so passionate about.